Welcome back to Season 1 of Story Sonic, the universe of infinite possibility. In the universe of infinite possibility, anything can and will happen. These stories tell the tales of the worlds in this universe. Now join me in this week's story, The Theater. jerks up after what feels like just a few minutes of lying in your bed. You don't remember falling asleep last night, but your phone says otherwise. 5.43. Only five hours after you began to doze. How many of those hours were actually spent sleeping? You feel just as tired, if not even more, than before. Sleep has been rather difficult for you lately. The sun hasn't even begun to rise, but the lights of the city shine through your window. It will be of no use trying to go back to sleep, so you sit up and look around. Maybe you would be able to sleep longer if you put up curtains to completely block any light from getting into your room, but that would be a lot of work and you aren't very motivated to do much anymore. You try to move around a bit to stretch out your limbs and maybe stop being so groggy, but it just ends up being uncomfortable. Your clothes are glued to your body by a thick layer of sweat. This has been happening almost every night lately. You lay around for a while, taking one last look at the time on your phone, and get up to start your day. Lately, you've learned to take your time getting ready. There's no use always being up so early if you don't at least try to enjoy the mornings. The highlight of your day is your morning showers, because for a moment you can feel an all-encompassing warmth similar to the feeling your body gets right before sleep, or to be more accurate to the past few months, right before your nightly bouts of fear. Still, it is pleasant. Cooking used to be something you derived a large amount of pleasure from, but you can hardly bring yourself to eat anymore. You still cook breakfast every morning in hopes that one day you will actually want to eat it. When you make your way to the fridge, you forget what you are even doing. Your eyes glaze over, and an intense feeling of disgust fills your stomach. You won't be able to eat today. Still, it will be good to try. Once you've finished cooking, you take one last look at the plate you've made before attempting to take a bite. Bacon, eggs, and pancakes. It looks good, but the smell is more than you can handle. Before you toss the food in the trash, you see your roommate asleep on the couch. You think for a moment, and decide to take the plate and put it on the coffee table next to them. Your slow mornings are usually over after breakfast, so you expect it to be almost time for you to leave. Another look at your phone reveals the time is only 8.03. Your first class isn't for another hour and a half, but you're used to being early, so you decide to leave anyway. After you've gathered everything you'll need for the day, you open the front door and leave your apartment. While public transportation is annoying, it removes the necessity to drive, which you also haven't been able to do much of lately. It is also a wonderful people-watching opportunity. It's always interesting to hear the conversations people have when they think no one else is listening. A couple gets on a few stops after you. They take the seats directly in front of you, which puts them into listening range. They are talking about a movie that just came out. You don't remember the last time you went to see a movie in theaters, and you don't plan on doing so anytime soon. Right before you zone out and stop listening, 
one member of the strange couple says something that piques your interest. It changed my life. It's the greatest movie of all time. You highly doubt a movie that you've never even heard of could be this great. Another thing they say strikes you. You can't be a functioning member of society until you see this movie. You think about the last statement for a bit. A functioning member of society? Ridiculous. The thought of becoming a functioning member of society sounds like a nice thought, though. The name of the movie comes up again in the conversation, so you put it down in your phone. A Lost Voice. The name doesn't sound very compelling, so you don't think you will ever go see it, but you save the note anyway. From the bus stop, it's a 10-minute walk to campus, so by the time you get to class, you're still about 45 minutes early. There's a sign on the door. Class cancelled. You check your email just to be safe, and sure enough, your first class has been cancelled. You take a moment to decide what to do. There isn't really a reason to go back home, since you would never be able to get to sleep, and it would be unfortunate if you had to pay the bus fare two more times since you have another class today. It's fairly early on in the semester as well, so there isn't really much you could study while you wait. A walk might help. Your thoughts are being somewhat nice to you today. A walk would be nice. Walking is definitely not as relaxing as you remember it to be. After 15 minutes of looking at empty buildings, it loses all the novelty that made it more worthwhile than just sitting down. You see a bench in front of a normal-looking building a short distance away. As you near it, you see a sign on the door of the building. Counseling Center. Your campus isn't a small one, so you're only familiar with the buildings that you have classes in, and the counseling center isn't one of them. You have never had the desire to go through counseling, but you have nothing else better to do, and after that walk you want a warm place to sit. That's what you tell yourself anyway. In the back of your head, you think of that movie the couple was talking about on the bus. A lost voice. A functioning member of society. These thoughts slip into the front of your mind as you walk into the building. Why are you thinking so hard about a movie you've only just heard of? You push the thought out of your head. The inside of the counseling center feels like a hospital waiting room, but dressed up to look a little nicer. The receptionist sees you and greets you as you walk towards the desk. You relay your reasoning for showing up and are given a small stack of paperwork to fill out. The form asks several questions about your mental and emotional state over the past six months. The first thing that comes to your mind is how invasive all this is, but you know that's the purpose. Are you generally satisfied with your life as it is? Do you find your work and school life to be fulfilling? Do you have a good support system amongst your friends? Do you have regular thoughts of suicide? Have you seen the film A Lost Voice? You stop filling out the form and go back. You must have read that wrong. Your pen shakes in your hand. Why are you still thinking about that movie? After a deep breath, you continue filling out the forms. Writing down exactly how you've been feeling over these past months is a surreal experience. Every time you've told yourself it's not that bad now seems like a lie. You want to tell yourself that you need to be here, but instead, the only thing you can think of is that you need to see that movie. A lost voice. Your mind swirls with the possibilities of what the film must be like. A surreal commentary on the condition of society? Or maybe an inspirational drama so meaningful that it could shake the hearts of even the most hardened? When you awake from the daze, you're handing the filled out papers to the receptionist. Did you even finish them? You can't remember. They smile at you, and look through the forms for a few moments, then look back at you with concern. I see you checked no for the question asking if you've seen a lost voice, is that correct? 
You blink hard and your pulse quickens. They cough. You won't be seen today. All our psychologists are full. I can make an appointment for you, though. Our earliest slots are next week. You can't remember when your appointment was, or even if you made one. But somehow, you find yourself outside. The last thing you remember from the exchange, or maybe the only part of it, was them telling you to go see the movie. No, that can't be right. You look around and recognize the campus that you are familiar with. Sometimes, you are so engrossed in your thoughts that you don't even remember your trips here anymore. Or maybe your sleepless nights are finally catching up with you. That has to be it. You walk through the door of the main lecture hall and make your way to the back of the building. A semblance of relaxation comes over you as you begin to experience drowsiness. You are generally in a constant state of feeling tired or run down, but drowsiness is the feeling before sleep. Maybe if you can take a nap before class, these strange thoughts will end. Your moment of positivity is halted by the sight of a large poster on the wall near an elevator. The only thing pictured on it is a metal chair in a small white room with a title above it. A Lost Voice. Your desire to nap suddenly takes a back seat to the image in front of you. What is so captivating about this? Why are you unable to look away? A longing wells within you. I have to see this. I have to be there. Your mind drifts. A feeling akin to sleep washes over you, and all you see is white. You feel something cold and hard on your back, but you don't turn around. A light appears from the periphery of your vision, circling into the center of your view. Your throat feels dry, and every breath that leaves your body is strained. Your muscles tighten and convulse, but you don't move from where you are. Or, you can't move. You can't tell. That doesn't matter. Nothing matters save for the light that is now engulfing you. You feel warm. Someone rushes by you. You're back in the hallway. You must be tired if you spaced out that hard while staring at this poster. You look at your phone. 11.23. You're late to class. You wonder how it got so late as you sprint to your classroom. You must have spent a lot more time in the counseling center than you imagined. How long did it take you to fill out those forms? How long were you staring at that poster? Your class is full and all eyes land on you as you walk in, out of breath. Your professor gives you a look, gestures to the back of the room, and continues with the lecture. Late? How could you have been late? You're never late. You were here so early and now your chance of napping is gone. After finding a seat, you take out a notebook and a pen and look at what the professor has pulled up on the large screen at the front of the class. You stare at what is in front of you as you write down your notes, but your head wanders. Your professor's voice trails off and becomes incoherent. Your mind blurs as your thoughts falter and turn to mush. Something brings you back. Suddenly, in front of the whole class, your professor is displaying a picture of a metal chair in a small, white room. Have you seen this film? The class nods their heads in unison. All except you. Where were you when the world became obsessed with this movie? A lost voice. Your professor looks in your direction. We want to help you. The words you hear don't match their lips. What did they say? We want to help you. Your ears start to ring as your professor repeats the phrase. We want to help you. We want to help you. The words don't match. What are they saying? The students in the front of the class join in the chant. 
The ringing in your ears grows. You stare at the image of the chair until it disappears and all that remains is the white room. The cold feeling on your back has returned and you can still hear the chanting. The whole class is joined in and the ringing is almost louder than you can bear. The light is back too, surrounding you, burning you. The ringing is blocking out all coherent thought. Move. You can't. Or won't. Or both. You blink hard a few times. You're drenched in sweat and your heart is beating at an incredible pace. You're back in the classroom, but all the lights are out and everyone has left. Look at your phone. 9.37? It couldn't have been almost 10 hours since you last checked the time. Could you have fallen asleep for that long? You couldn't have just spaced out for such an extended period. It must have been sleep. That's why you're drenched in sweat, and that's why you've been so out of it today. That must be why. You stand up and collect your things. Your hands are shaking, and you can hardly stand, but you have to go home. You can't be here. You stumble out of the classroom and run down the halls. You throw open the doors and take a few deep breaths. Why are you freaking out about this? You've been so tired lately, something like this was bound to happen. All you need is to go home, go to sleep, and make sure you go to that appointment next week. If only you could remember when it was. You can check on that tomorrow. The streets are empty. Your walk to the bus stop is silent. Not just the quiet that usually occurs at this hour around your campus, but a silence that you haven't experienced while in the city. There are no cars on the road, no people walking about, and all the buildings are closed. Maybe it's a holiday. You don't bother checking your phone. You wait at the bus stop for what feels like hours, and out of the corner of your eye you see something. A poster with the image of a metal chair in a small white room. You close your eyes and turn around. There's no way. It was a mistake. If you look back at it, you're sure it would be something else, but you don't. You open your eyes, facing the opposite direction, only to see another poster. You can't look away this time. Your eyes well up. You feel something drop in your stomach and you gulp. You walk towards it. You can't look away. You find yourself moving closer to the image. As you do, you see another one. You begin to follow that one, but another poster catches your eye. Before you know it, you are following a string of posters, all with the same image of a metal chair and a small white room on them, until you find yourself on a street where they have been plastered on almost every square inch of all the buildings around you. At the end of the street is one building that remains clean of these posters. A theater, with one title on the marquee. A lost voice. You fall to your knees and crawl to the theater, staring at the ground. Tears stream out of your eyes and onto the cement. You gasp for breath. Every moment is labored. As you move towards the theater, your mind is engulfed by one thought. I have to know. When you get to the large double doors at the entrance to the theater, you pull yourself up by the door handles and walk in. One person stands inside. They look at you with a blank smile. Their eyes are empty. Welcome to the theater. You must be here for our show. Come this way. Their lips don't match the words. What am I doing here? You find your body following them. You try to look around, but your vision blurs when you aren't looking directly ahead of you. 
they guide you to the back of the building, to the only open theater, and open the door. As you walk inside, your mind jolts and a sudden headache comes upon you as you try to process what you are seeing. For a split second, you see a small white room with a metal chair in the middle. But you blink and see the inside of an empty theater. The movie is about to start. You hear someone tell you to take a seat in the front row. You scrape over and slump down in the chair. It feels hard and cold against your back, but your mind tells you that it is a comfortable movie theater seat. Your head begins to pulse as what feels like two completely different sensations are trying to be processed in your mind at once. The movie is starting. On the screen appears a metal chair in a small white room, but someone is sitting in it. They look like you. The thought feels like it's slamming into the sides of your head. You think it, but you don't know what it means. Two other people come on screen with large metal clasps, locking the person to the chair, which appears to be bolted to the floor. You try to move to get into a more comfortable position, but you can't. You didn't want to anyway, right? The two other people walk off screen. The person in the chair looks scared. Large beads of sweat drip from their forehead. Is it hot in here? On screen, a bright light begins to shine on the person in the chair. It's definitely hot in here. The light begins to take up the whole screen as you see the person's eyes roll into their head. The light fades, and the person is left there, drool coming out of their mouth and their head leaning to one side. Another person comes on screen. This time they have what appears to be a drill. You hear a loud whirring sound. It gets closer as the person on screen walks towards the person in the chair. They lift the drill, grab the prisoner's head, and a pain shoots through you, enough to make you shut your eyes and scream. The last thing you see on screen is the ragged body of the person in the chair being carried out of the room. Only this time, they have a long, metal wire sticking out of the top of their head. You wake up with a start. You're in your bed. You look around and see that your room is clean and your clothes are dry. No sweat. You rub your eyes and look at the time. 6.41. You feel rested, but groggy, as if you just woke up from a long, vivid dream, but you can't remember what it was. You gather a few articles of clothing and make your way to the bathroom to take a shower. You still have to go to class. As you shower, you realize that you feel relaxed. More relaxed than you have in a long time. Maybe a good night's sleep was all you needed to get out of this funk. You finish up in the shower and stand at the sink in front of your mirror. You look brighter today, as if all your troubles were washed away in the night. It is only now that you realize that you have a slight headache. The top of your head has a sharp, aching pain. You reach up to rub the spot, and for a second you feel something hard, cold, and long coming out of the top of your head, but your mind tells you that nothing is there. You feel uneasy for a second, but quickly go into your cabinet, get some headache medicine, take it, and go on with your day. Maybe things are finally looking up for you.
Thank you for listening to Story Sodic, an episodic storytelling podcast focused on exploratory world building through character growth. This story was written by Timothy Villalobos and narrated by me, Max Nolan Young. Special thanks to Angel Wing at Excel Music Publishing for the use of our theme song, The Nymphaeum Part 5. You can find new episodes of Story Sodic every other Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We don't pay for any advertising, and word of mouth is the best way for our stories to reach new ears. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at StorySodic. That's Story, S-O-D-I-C. Thank you for exploring with us, and be safe out there. Brought to you by Dryersock Productions. Pop that pizza pie in the oven, baby. We're about to start a podcast.